Uh, so thanks for being here, whether you're live and in person or the live stream's working. Those orange gremlins, they can't, they can't beat Sam Cargill. He took them down. They tried, but I don't know exactly what happened, but Sam fixed it. So thanks, Sam. Um, and podcast folks, if you're listening, that's cool too. Uh, but either way, however you're joining us, um, glad you're here. Glad to, to see a lot of people here in the room. Uh, my name is Donnie Holiday. I am one of your staff members. And um, I just love Thursdays. Like, Thursdays are fun. I mean, definitely like one of my favorite seven days of the week for sure. Um, top seven without question. Um, <laughs> right there. Um, but I really enjoy, I enjoy Thursdays. That's when the most people are, are here at the house. And it's when I get to oftentimes stand up here and share with y'all things that Jesus is teaching me and things that I'm learning because that really is what I see this time as. It's not about look at what I know because the, the stuff that I know is the stuff that Jesus is teaching me and I just really enjoy like standing up here and being like, y'all, I've got to check this out. And tonight is definitely one of those nights where it's like, man, this is really good. And this one's just, this talk's just come together uh, and I've seen examples of like proving the points that God's making through what, he, what he's been teaching me, that it's just, it's just really good. So I'm, I'm very excited about, about this and continuing our theme of story time. Uh, every year we have a theme, uh, and this year we're calling it story time. We are going uh, through something called the Jesus Storybook Bible, which if you're like, that looks like a children's Bible, yes. Uh, but if you're like, it's just for kids, no. It is uh, really well written, really well done. They do a great job. Kind of the tagline of the Jesus Storybook Bible is, Every story whispers his name, which you see we have painted over here. Yeah, and if you're new, we paint the room differently every year to go with our theme. Uh, so that's, if you're like, man, convenient story time, and story time's right there. Yes, we planned it that way. Um, but this idea that the Jesus Storybook Bible has been showing us all school year, we started this theme back in August, is that even a story that Jesus himself doesn't appear in is about Jesus. We spent all last semester... Um, in the first part of the Bible, the part that's called the Old Testament oftentimes, the part where people are like, ah, Jesus isn't in that. But we saw very clearly that Jesus is, is in every bit of that. And Jesus even speaks to that with our theme verse, which is painted back up there, uh, John 5, 39. The scriptures point to me. When Jesus said this, there wasn't really a Bible like we think about it now. The scriptures were what we now call the Old Testament. And so Jesus was basically telling people, all of that stuff you've read in like the prophets and and the law, and all that, that's all about me. And the Jesus Storybook Bible does a fantastic job uh, of showing that. So, you know, if you hear this idea of storybook, and you're like, are we doing Bible stories like Sunday school? No, we're not looking at stories in the Bible. We're looking at the story of the Bible, because the whole Bible is the story of Jesus. That's the whole thing. And so that's what we've been looking at. Uh, excited to continue that uh, tonight with a, a really cool uh, story, kind of a story within a story. So I guess it's kind of like an inception thing. Um, but uh, it's, man, it's, it's, such a, it's such a good story. I just love it. Uh, so I'm going to pray, and then we're going to uh, dive in. So do what you do. Uh, God, thank you for tonight. Uh, thank you for each person here. God, I trust that you have brought uh, the folks into this room and on the live stream and listen on the podcast that, that you know need to hear what you're going to say tonight, God. And I pray that it is you speaking. Uh, I pray that you would get me out of the way and that you would uh, say exactly what you want to say. And I pray for each of us, God, that you would help each of us to hear uh, what it is you know each of us needs to hear tonight. Uh, God, we love you. We thank you for Jesus. So his name we pray. Amen. All right, so um, about three-ish years ago when, uh, you know, when COVID 
uh, first hit. Um, newscast on location took a whole different meaning, right? Because a lot of newscasters and weather people were doing their jobs from their living room. You know, it wasn't just like breaking news out in the field. It was like breaking news out in my living room. Um, and you probably watched an, enough of this, and it's just it was fascinating to watch, especially for somebody like me who didn't even know what Zoom was at this point three years ago. And it was just like, oh, we're watching the news from this person's living room. That's weird. But with that came some wonderful bloopers and some wonderful outtakes that were technically, I guess, interruptions. And interruptions is kind of where we're going tonight. So I thought to kind of get us going, it might be cool to look at a little bit of a montage of some from-home news and weather reports that did not go uh, as intended. So take a look here for a little lighthearted start. Uh, it's cute and funny when it's an animal, not so much when it's dad putting on a shirt walking down the hallway. I will say this. I think there is something to the whole difference between dogs and cats because the dogs are just like chilling. Okay, the one did bump the computer, but the cat's like, ooh, a camera. I will get two inches in front of it and just take up the entire... So, but you know, I, you probably haven't had a live news... I don't know, maybe you have had a live news report interrupted, but chances are you've been on the other end of it where the news reporter's interrupting you. Like breaking news, you know, you're watching something or whatever, and then all of a sudden breaking news breaks in. And it's just like, come on! I remember once I was watching, it was a weather break-in. There was um, severe storms and stuff. And I think it was like during the Masters Golf Tournament. It was during something pretty big. And at one point, the meteorologist finally just like stopped talking about the maps and just looked dead in the camera and just went, stop adding us on social media. We'll get to the golf in a little bit. Tornadoes kill people. <laughs> just like, dang. So and several years ago, um, uh, Tim Hudson, who was our... Uh, campus minister here for a long time before he retired, he was doing a talk and an amber alert happened and just like rippled through everybody's phones at differing times during the talk. It was just like a train wreck. It was just so annoying. And like interruptions, I mean, that's just a part of life. What are some that particularly just drive you nuts? What are some interruptions? You're just like, come on. What drives you crazy? YouTube ads. YouTube ads. Okay. Maddie, what were you going to say? Mm. Some of us are like, ooh, have I done that? Is that me? So, yeah, if your interruption's your roommate and they're here, don't say that. Um, but, ooh, YouTube ads. That... Y'all, sometimes I do yoga in the morning and they interrupt in the middle of yoga. There's like a, it's like, I am dying right now. I do not have time. This is not easy. Okay. That's funny. Think about that. But yeah, I mean, interruption. It's, it's what else we got? Anything else? Alarm. Alarm. Mm. <laughs> I was sleeping. There you go. When you're running late and then you hit a red light. Oh. You hit all the red lights. <laughs> or maybe it's green, but the person in front of you apparently doesn't realize it's green. Ah. That one. Ah. <laughs> so. Somebody turning left onto Southview, very good, old school one, that's a good one. <laughs> but yeah, interruptions, it's just part of life. I mean, we know this. And so I think uh, that's going to make uh, tonight's talk really useful and relevant because we're going to look at, uh, at a particular time Jesus was interrupted. Um, but what's going to make, hopefully, tonight helpful is to see how Jesus handles interruptions. 
which will give us a standard to shoot for. Because here's the thing. Jesus was interrupted all the time. Like nonstop. Just constantly he was interrupted. But the reason I picked this one, because I could have picked any number of stories to talk about that was Jesus being interrupted. But I picked this one because his response to this interruption literally gave somebody courage. It literally encouraged someone by the way he handled this interruption. So that's a question we're going to come back to tonight a good bit, is how do I handle interruptions? Uh, If you're new or haven't been with us in a while, this is something I like to do. Uh, Rather than giving you like one statement to remember, I think questions stick better. Uh, So I like asking questions, and I like it to be a first-person question, because if I ask you a question, whatever. But if you ask yourself a question, that's a sign of of like maturity and being willing to like be introspective and like think about things and and try to kind of assess yourself and and grow. So that's why these are always uh, first person uh, questions. Now, initially, it was how do I deal with interruptions? And then I just realized that's not a very good way of saying it because more often than not, the interruptions are people. And I feel like people are not things to be dealt with, but instead, you know, it's like, People should be handled with care. So handle, uh, I think, makes a little more sense here. Now, the answer to how do I handle interruptions often depends on what the interruption is. If the interruption is a fire drill in the middle of that class you hate, you're like, cool, I can handle this, fantastic. You know, but if the interruption is that clueless friend of yours who comes in and busts up into the conversation you're having with that person that you want to be more than friends with, and you're like, dude, it's like, come on. You know what I mean? It's like, I don't need a wingman right now. Um, you know, and, and for me, uh, just to give you a little bit of insight into my life, I have a condition called ulcerative colitis. It is a chronic autoimmune disorder, and it has been a major interruption in my life for the last 10 years. Um, if you're not familiar with what it is, well, basically one day my colon decided that, or my, my immune system decided that my colon was the enemy. Um, don't know why. It's not, but... Um, yeah, it hasn't been good, and I've kind of been having a little bit of a, of a flare-up, actually, the last couple of weeks, which is not fun at all, but how I have handled that interruption, like, matters. There are things that I would love to keep eating that I can't eat anymore, um, or I can, but I, it's just not worth it, because I'll just be absolutely miserable for, for days on end, but interruptions are just a fact of life, so how we handle them uh, matters, and and we do understand, I think, that you know you can't give your time to every interruption. Um, you have a hard time getting anything done. And sometimes you really just don't have time. Okay, you really don't. Now, I think we have more time than we realize we do. We're going to come back to that in a second. But I, I can tell you that even when you legitimately don't have time for the interruption, you oftentimes still end up feeling bad about it. Uh, I remember several years ago, a, st- a student came in here um, a little after two on a Friday and, and asked if we could talk. And I was like, how long you need? He was like, well, it's probably going to take a little bit. And I was like, well, dude, I, on Fridays, I always leave a little after two to go pick up uh, my, my children at school. And so I was like, I, I'm sorry, I got to go pick up my girls. Um, and we ended up talking the next week and it was, it was fine. It was cool. Um, and I don't regret not going to go pick up my girls and having them just standing in front of the school like, wonder where dad is. Um, but I do think about that regularly. It's just like I hated that I couldn't give my time uh, to that interruption because 
oftentimes an unplanned interruption is the most important thing you'll do in a day. Okay, oftentimes an unplanned interruption will be the most important thing you do uh, in the day. And how you handle it is an opportunity to be like Jesus. Because I know you could say, well, Jesus never had an interruption because he knew everything. Well, if you start getting into the whole, you know, what did Jesus know if he's 100% God and 100% man? I don't know. Your brain will explode um, with that. But Jesus was constantly being interrupted. But it never seemed like he was ever too busy for those interruptions, even when he had a lot going on. And I think a lot of us, frankly, right now, are convinced that we're the busiest person on the planet. And let me just give you a statement that you're not going to like, but it's true. I'm not as busy as I think I am. Neither are you. I'm not saying you don't have stuff going on. I'm not saying you don't have a bunch of classes and a bunch of work and all that, because I know we do. But I don't think any of us are actually as busy as we think we are. So what I'm going to ask us to do, and I don't ever do this, but I think it's important to do with this. And by the way, in a few weeks, I'm going to come back to this word busy because I hate it. But that's a whole other talk. So on the count of three, I would like us to say this. To acknowledge that this is true. Even though you might have stuff going on, we're not as busy as we think we are. Okay? And then I'm going to tell you how I learned this because, man, it was a slap in the face when I learned this. So I'm not as busy as I think I am. One, two, three. I am not as busy as I think I am. Okay. The only exceptions in the room potentially to this are Beth and Angela, because they're moms, and moms are always crazy busy. Like, I guarantee you, Beth, if you're not familiar, Beth's my wife, Angela's our director of ministry. Um, Beth, at our, I, can, I, I can't speak for Angela's house, but I can speak for our, our house that the word that starts most sentences is the word mom. Mom, have you washed my clothes yet? Mom, do you know where my phone is? Mom, I need a charger. Mom, can we do this? Beth, where's the extra coffee? Sometimes it's Beth instead of, instead of mom. But, you know, that, but we have this, there's always stuff going on, but I really don't think any of us are as busy as we think we are. And this is something that I learned early on in the whole shelter-in-place thing. Pre-COVID, part of my um, prepping for talks routine was I you know, sit at my desk and, and work, and when I was really needing to focus, I would put uh, both earbuds in. And it just kind of became this thing that that students and, and everybody knew that if Donnie's got both earbuds in, just leave him alone, let him work. If he's just got one earbud in, interrupt, whatever, no big deal. And that was just kind of became a thing. So, you know, spring of, of, of 2020 when I'm working from home and Beth's working from home and our girls are doing school from home and I was doing talks for our digital dinner and a message program, um, I just kind of picked up where I left off. Earbuds in, starting to work. Well, Carrington was in first grade. Carrington's our youngest. She was in first grade then. A first grader doesn't care how many earbuds you got in. If she's got a question, if she needs your attention, she's going to ask. And it was this wonderful just reminder of, I am neither as busy or as important as sometimes I like to think I am. So it, was that, so it, it really just was kind of a paradigm-shifting experience. And it changed my answer to, how do I handle interruptions? And this is a really important thing for us to think about because... How I handle interruptions says something about me, but more than that, it says something to whoever is interrupting me. Okay, how I handle interruptions does say something about me, 
But I think more importantly, it says something to the person that's interrupting me. See, Jesus was interrupted all the time. And tonight's story shows the impact that his response had on the person who interrupted him. And it had a profound impact. So we're going to look at this story tonight, not just to, okay, I should be more like Jesus, which is true, we should, but also so we can learn that if we are more like Jesus, that can positively impact others. Because we see a tremendous transformation in this person who interrupts Jesus in this story. Now, I said it's kind of a story within a story. The beginning of this story is a man named Jairus runs to Jesus and says, I've got a 12-year-old little girl at home. She's sick. I need you to come heal her. And Jesus is like, all right, let's go. That's not what we're talking about at all, though. The, the interruption comes on the way to that. But I do feel like I have to say this at the beginning in case you're not familiar. Jairus' daughter is okay. We're not going to mention her anymore because that's not the story we're looking at. But she's fine. Okay, she's, she's good. Jesus, he actually doesn't heal her. He raises her from the dead because she died by the time he got there. But that's okay. He's Jesus, so he raised her from the dead. So it's fine. But I didn't want to just tell the story and somebody else be like, what happened to Jairus' daughter? We totally forgot. She's cool. It's totally fine. But it's, it's what happens on the way. And that's the thing. Jesus is on the way to heal a little girl. He's on his way to do something important when our story happens. And I'm going to read this from the Jesus Storybook Bible. It'll be back there so you can kind of follow along. So they're on their way to Jairus' house. But everyone was in the way, hustling and bustling, jostling and pressing, pushing and shoving, squishing and squashing. The disciples, that's Jesus' followers, they ran ahead, forcing back the crowd. Suddenly, Jesus stopped. His friends looked back like, what was he doing? Who touched me? Jesus asked, because he had felt power go out from him. Me said a frail lady looking down at the ground because she was ashamed. The poor lady had been sick for 12 years and she had to get well. She knew if she only touched Jesus' coat, she would be healed. So she touched his coat and instantly she was well. We don't have time for this, Jesus' friend said. But Jesus always had time. He reached out his hands and gently lifted her head. He looked into her eyes and smiled. You believed, he said, wiping a tear from her eye. And now, you're well. We don't have time. But Jesus always had time. Jesus is the most important person who's ever walked on the planet, doing the most important things that have ever been done on the planet. And he wasn't too busy to be interrupted. How arrogant do I have to be to think I'm too busy to be interrupted? I mean, what, it's like the limit doesn't exist of that kind of arrogance. How Jesus handled this interruption says something about him. Okay, absolutely. But when we look at his response, his handling of this interruption, his handling of this woman, it says something powerful to her. His response says something about him, but it also says something to her. Okay, I know I read through that kind of quickly, but um, y'all are in college. Y'all can remember stuff that's read to you, um, hopefully. Um, <laughs> where does it say the woman's looking? Down. Down at the ground. Why? She's ashamed. But then what does it say Jesus does? Lift he lifts her head. Y'all, she has got her 
face in the dirt. And Jesus stops what he's doing, addresses her, seeks her out, and then lifts her head. I mean, did... And you can look at that and be like, wow, look at that says about Jesus. And it says powerful things about Jesus, but it says so much, says so much more to her. Because she interrupted. And not only does Jesus not ignore her, he literally uplifts her. This story, y'all, is, is fascinating. And, I, and I'm, I'm thankful it's in the Jesus story of the Bible because I, I, I love this story so much. I love reading this story to my girls. Um, it's a great story. And it's even better in the, in the traditional Bible. This story appears in three of the four accounts of Jesus' time on earth. If you're not familiar uh, with the Bible, um, you have the Old Testament, everything before Jesus shows up. And then at the beginning of the New Testament, when Jesus comes on the scene, you have four books that are basically Jesus' biographies. They're the four accounts of Jesus' time on earth. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Uh, named after the men credited with writing them. Matthew, Mark, and Luke all tell some version of this story. Um, if you're like, why doesn't John? Well, because John's gospel is just a whole nother level of, it's a lot. Um, it's a lot. But Matthew 9, Mark 5, Luke 8, all tell this story. And there are parts of all of them that I really like. So what I did, because I didn't just want to pick one and leave out some stuff, is I kind of took those, those three chapters and mashed them together. And so we're going to read an account that I've taken from Matthew 9, Mark 5, and Luke 8. And just slam them together because there's so much really cool stuff. I'm going to try to read it slowly because it's really powerful. But I get excited when I read good stuff and I read fast. So, sorry. But it's going to be up there. What I'm asking ask you to do is I'm going to ask you some questions about the woman. Really pay attention to her as we read how Matthew, Mark, and Luke uh, put this. Okay. Uh, a great crowd followed Jesus and thronged about him, pressing around him. So there's people everywhere. And behold, there was a woman who had suffered from a discharge of blood for 12 years. She had suffered much under many physicians and had spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. She could not be healed by anyone. She had heard the reports about Jesus and came up behind him in the crowd and touched the fringe of his garment. For she said to herself, if I only touch his garment, I will be made well. And immediately the flow of blood dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of her disease. And Jesus, perceiving in himself that power had gone out from him, immediately turned around. Jesus stops in his tracks and turns around. He's going to save a little girl's life. And he stops and turns around. And said, who touched my garments? His disciples said to him, you see the crowd pressing around you, and yet you say, who touched me? And he looked around to see who had done it. Some other Bible translations say he kept looking around, which I love that idea. That they're like, come on, Jesus. And he's like, shut up. I'm going to find out who this is. <laughs> and when the woman saw that she was not hidden, and knowing what had happened to her, she came in fear and trembling, and falling down before him, told him the whole truth declaring in the presence of all the people why she had touched him and how she had been immediately healed. And he said to her, Take heart, daughter, 
Your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. I mean, it's such a great story. There's so much really good stuff um, going on. Um, I want to ask you a question. I think there's multiple correct answers uh, to this. because We're going to hang out with this for a second. because this, this is a really good part of the story. What does the woman want? She wants healing. Okay, obvious answer and correct. What else? Have her life back. That's part of the healing. We're going to get to that. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> what, does she want, what, what does she want from Jesus other than the healing? It says she just wants what? Just the fringe of his garment. Okay, so she wants healing. She wants the fringe of his garment. Okay. Yeah, maybe she felt like she needed forgiveness. We're going to get to the testifying thing. That's, that's good. I like that. We're going to get there. She didn't, really she didn't really want to be seen, and then she ends up testifying. So we're going to connect those. She did not want to be seen because it said when she saw that she could not be hidden. Okay, so she wants healing. She wants the fringe of his garment, and she wants nobody to know that she's there, basically. So those are her three needs. Let's look at how, how does Jesus d- deal with those? How does he handle those? The healing. Check. Fringe of the garment. And then some, like even more so. <laughs> Staying hidden. Nope, sorry, you don't get to do that. So she's got three needs. He meets one, exceeds the second, and just basically completely disregards the third. <laughs> you know, he gave her healing and his undivided attention, and that says something about him, but that he didn't allow her to remain hidden says even more to her. Okay, he makes her the focus even when she doesn't want to be, and I think that said something powerful to her that we frankly don't understand because unlike everybody in that crowd, we don't really understand the issue of ceremonial cleanliness and ritual purity the way the Jewish people did. Remember, Jesus is, is, is ethnically a Jew, religiously a Jew, um, and everybody around at that time, for the most part, is. And they understood something that we don't get. And we find it in the book of the Bible called Leviticus, which is where Bible reading plans go to die, but they shouldn't because there's some really cool stuff in there. Um, and it's a great big story that talks about God's grace. You can see Jesus in Leviticus if you look at the big picture. But in Leviticus 15.25, we read this. When a woman has a discharge of blood for many days at a time other than her monthly period or has a discharge that continues beyond her period, she will be unclean as long as she has the discharge. How long has this woman been unclean? Twelve years. Incidentally, and I I cannot believe this is a coincidence, Jairus' daughter is 12 years old. That, that connect. This woman's been unclean as long as Jairus' daughter has been alive. She's been unclean for 12 years. And maybe she had a couple of good days where she didn't have any bleeding. But if you re- continue reading Leviticus 15, you have to have seven consecutive days of no bleeding. And then on the eighth day, then you're ceremonially clean. Then you're ritually pure. She hasn't had this for 12 years. Years, And when you're unclean, anything you touch become unclean, becomes unclean. 
Anybody you touch becomes unclean. Anybody that touches anything that you touch becomes unclean until um, the end of the day, until sundown is the way, the way that works. So this bleeding issue isn't just a physical issue. It's mental, it's emotional, it's cultural, it's social, it's relational. It's taken over her whole life because when you're in a state of perpetual uncleanness, you just don't leave your house. And honestly, you probably don't leave one room in your house that nobody else goes to. That's why she's trying to remain hidden. Because she wasn't supposed to be out. She just wants the fringe of Jesus' garment. And that would have been enough for her. (laughs) But it wasn't enough for Jesus. He keeps looking around. And when she finally comes forward, and if, if you notice it said she came forward in fear and trembling. Because based on the Levitical law, she's made every single person she brushed up against on her way to Jesus unclean. So they're not going to be happy about this. She's scared to death. She comes in fear and trembling. And Jesus tells her, take heart, daughter. Take heart, daughter. Not, not, not woman. I love that he calls her He's on his way to take care of a little girl. And he calls her daughter. And this take heart literally means have courage. Jesus literally encouraged this one because he gave her courage. Because by acknowledging her interruption, because she had interrupted a pretty pretty big deal that was going on, Jesus gives her the courage to tell the whole truth in the presence of all the people that she was trying to avoid. She had no desire initially to testify about what Jesus did. But by Jesus handling her with such care and with such love, and I love the story of the Bible idea of lifting up her face, he says to her that her story is worth telling. And she tells it. And you know, this is the part of the story that is super easy to miss. You know, we... We even had entire themes uh, about miracles. And when you read a story in the Bible about a miracle, the miracle itself is never the point of the story. Ever. I mean, it's, it's to get your attention and look more at it. Because yes, Jesus healed this woman. But man, this story is about way more than that. Because by acknowledging her as important, even when he's in the middle of doing something else super important, Jesus changed the way people saw her, and I think even more importantly, he changed the way she saw herself. He picked her face up out of the dirt and lifted her head. He took her from trying to hide to boldly telling what Jesus had done for her. This woman who had been living in torment, he sent off with the words, Go in Peace. I guarantee you she hadn't experienced much peace in the last 12 years. He tells her to take heart. He calls her daughter. He commends her faith. Tells her she's healed. And tells her to go in peace. 
Jesus changed her life because he wasn't too busy to be interrupted. So back to our question. How do I handle interruptions? <laughs> Let me ask a question inside of that question. How have others handled me when I was the interruption? If they've handled you well with care and with love, don't you want to do the same for other people? If they haven't, if you interrupted and they bore with you for a little bit, but it was very clear that they felt interrupted, don't you want to treat people better than you were treated in that? If they never took their AirPods out but kept listening to you, Interruptions are unplanned, y'all. That's why they're called interruptions. But oftentimes, the most important thing you'll do in a day won't be something you planned. I don't know how many of your to-do list people or calendar people or schedule people. But very often, the most important thing you do in a day was not on your agenda. You have interruptions across the street. It happens. How we deal with it is important. <laughs> But seriously, you, if, you, you know this. You, you know that oftentimes as you look back on your day, you're like, man, that was a really cool thing. I'm so glad that happened. And you had no plans for that at all. I remember um, years ago when I was working at a, at a church that I worked at before I started working here, um, my coworkers came in and, you know, got a little quiet, a little down. I was like, you all right, man? He's like, yeah. And he kind of worked for a little bit and he came to my office. He was like, all right, can we talk about this? I was like, yeah, what's up? He's like, Okay, you ever have one of those times where your wife says something to you like so gently and so lovingly, but at the same time, it's just like a total slap in the face? I'm like, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Only your wife can say things to you that's just like, dang, that hurt, but you're so right. Um, he said they were sitting at the dinner table, and his wife was like, how was your day? He was like, ah, not very good. Had all these things I wanted to get accomplished. I didn't get anything done. She was like, why not? He's like, well, I kept getting interrupted. And he's like, he's like, you know, people kept coming by or had a couple phone calls or got some texts or whatever. Just People just kept interrupting me. And she said, well, sweetie, the interruptions are the ministry. And it's just like, oh, you're so right. Like, that's so... De- and Jesus gets that because he was constantly interrupted. Okay, there's a story where he feeds, or multiple stories where he feeds thousands of people with like, no, with like nothing. But one of them... He and his closest followers were like, we're tired. Let's go get a break. And they get on the other side of the lake, and there's all these people. It's just like, well, interruption. What are we going to do? Let's feed them. Okay. Uh, But Jesus knew this. So the challenge for us is to try to handle interruptions the way Jesus did. (laughs) When you know what song it is from... Half a block away. It's too daggum loud. Um, but how we handle inter- This is hilarious how this is working. How we handle interruptions. Like, this is fantastic. I see what you're doing, God. This is funny. Um, but how we inter- handle interruptions is important. So let's handle the way Jesus did. But not because people will look at us and be like, Wow, he's so kind and so generous and so patient. Not because of what it will say about us, but because of what it will say to the people interrupting us. That it will tell them that they're worth our time, 
that they're worth our energy, that they're worth our effort, because we just want to love them like Jesus does. And Jesus always has time. So may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all as we handle interruptions the way Jesus did. Let's pray. God, thank you for today. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you. I mean, thank you that Jesus coming to earth was was literally an, an interruption. His time in heaven with you was interrupted for a time so he could come here, live the perfect life, be our perfect example, and be our perfect sacrifice so that we could have a chance to live with you, God. Um, We thank you for that, God. We thank you for the way Jesus loves us and handles interruptions and that Jesus is never too busy for us, God. Help us to emulate that. Help us to reflect that. God, we're not going to do it perfectly because we're messed up and, and, and broken and imperfect, God. But help us to see people the way that you do because if we see people the way you do, we will not see them as an interruption. We will see them as someone with a story worth telling. So help us to do that, God. We love you. We thank you for Jesus. It's in his name we pray. Amen.